Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Marketing in Times of Crisis. And I am your host, Ira Bass, a marketing consultant who specialises in working with firms in the built environment. Today is Thursday the 18th of February 2021 and we are in lockdown part three. My guests today are George Bradley and Ewald van der Straten from architecture firm BVDS. We had a lovely conversation which touched on many things, including why you should focus on marketing that you enjoy and involve your wider team. Their new online architectural service, The Two Architects, which they launched last year. And we also touch on social media and how they tackle that. Anyway, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know we really do love to hear from you. So if you can leave us a review or rate us, that is really, really appreciated. And it also helps us to spread the word. Anyway, as usual, I will now stop talking and let you enjoy the interview with George and Ewald. Enjoy. So hi, and uh, welcome to the latest episode of Marketing Times of Crisis. Um, Today, my guests are George and Ewald from BVDS um, Architects. And can you just give me a brief intro to yourselves and your roles at BVDS? Yes, sure. We're uh, thanks for having us. Um, yeah, so Bradley Van Straten is a company that we set up about ten years ago, uh, and we're an architecture practice. And I guess if you kind of were to ask what you know what we're known for, what our work is, we we've, we're very much known mostly for our residential work and working on people's homes. Um, and if we were to describe our work, we'd say it's it's fun, it's colourful, it's livable, and their the space is designed with feeling. Okay. And uh, Ewald, do you want to kind of, I mean, so how do your roles differ in the practice? I mean, do you do different things or how does it work between the two of you? So we are both directors of Bradley from the Start Architects and our roles are pretty equal in, in both firms. So we also have another firm called the Two Architects, which is a platform or an online platform where we offer a more distilled service um, for on a pay-as-you-meet kind of basis. And that works all across the world now, actually. It's, it's globally rather than locally. Um, so they're, they're both, both, both companies, same roles. And how do you, I guess, um, you launched the two architects during lockdown. I mean, what drove you to do that or, or how did that come about? As uh, I'm sure this is, might sound familiar to some other business owners or in, in the architecture world, but over so many years... Um, of, of growing and gaining experience, uh, a, a certain service grows in a certain way with it. And we were noticing at the start of lockdown that we were getting a lot of inquiries through the door of smaller scale projects. And we weren't kind of set up for that at the time. But at the same time, we found that as a real uh, um, opportunity missed where we couldn't necessarily cater for that, which made us think, how about we kind of redesign the way we operate and the way we can offer our service to something that we can still make a difference. However, it's it's done in a distilled way. And we thought we were going to be racing against other people having a similar idea because everything was happening online and still is actually. It was, so, yeah. Um, we thought, okay, we have, a, we have a bit of a race on our hands. We started developing a, a, web, a new website, kind of approaching it very differently to a typical architecture practice. Um, just being more honest and transparent and, Ever since once we launched, it started to pick up traction, didn't it, George? Yeah, definitely. I think like what he was saying, the surprise that actually no one else was doing it. Was, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was quite. That was quite interesting. But it was it's the approach of it's definitely answering a problem. Like people were yeah. speaking to us and saying, "I can't find an architect to do my home," 
and you get this kind of framework where it's like, I've only got 50,000 to spend. And it's like 50,000 is a lot of money. It's yeah. just in a certain field or a certain type of work. It's, it's not enough. And so it's, yeah, very, very distilled um, service. So in terms of setting up the two architects, I mean, what, how has that influenced, has that changed things that you do for the BVDS practice as well? What have you learned from that? It's definitely made us more, more focused. Um, we've, I mean, the way we structure it is the, the whole premise of the two architects is it's apportioned time. So yeah. we couldn't, if we were with BVDS, we couldn't cater to loads and loads of inquiries and smaller projects because we're not set up for that. We're set up for working very closely with families, working on beautiful homes that, that take yeah. months and months of sort of um, preparation and thought and, and work with other consultants. And if we were constantly sort of, I don't want to say distracted, it's not, it's not a negative thing, but we would be distracted by multiple contact points. So for us, the premise of the two architects was, let's just apportion one part of our time, a certain amount of hours, and that's given to this platform. People can book once it's fully booked, that's it. But it means yeah. the rest of the week, we're completely focused on, on the work we're doing with the studio and the work we're doing with our team that works with us on these projects. And so roughly, what's the time split in a week? So between the two, the, the two different companies for you, George? It's, it's six hours is, is how much we spend each on the two architects. So yeah. it's, it's a very limited um, service and we're, we're keeping it that way at the moment. It, but it could easily grow. But we've, you, you know, our, our first sort of number one priority sits with, with, with BVDS, BVDS and the company we've created over 10 years. Yeah. And the two architects is is giving a portion of that experience to people in a very, in a very different way, which is, that's the extremely satisfying part of it. We've developed ways of working and experience over, over 10 years now. And we can, we can give that in, in a very brief and effective and efficient format. And is that something you kind of would recommend that other architects try out this type of model? Or I'll give that one to you, George, as well. God, no, we, we want to dominate. <laughs> <laughs> We're 12 hours between you. Don't, I don't even know why we're talking about it on this podcast. Um, <laughs> well, I, d- I don't think it's for everyone. I really don't. So like me and you would have a background of, we definitely kind of cut our teeth with our business starting with, we had like zero contacts and just sort of worked away, which, which a lot of people have done, but we didn't start with working in practice then taking some clients with us and then setting up. Yeah. We sort of, so we did all these, I don't know if you know, the grand designs, events that are these ask an expert sections and we'd go yes. to these things and it's like speed dating you'd sit there for like 20 minutes and and try and sort of help yeah. people out with their project and there's this sort of element of it's slightly transactional but because it is it's very effective it's very instant something's got to happen Quick. in that it's moment like, i want to do this to my house what happens yeah. these are the this is roughly what's my, my situation my problem is isn't it yeah so it's straight yeah but that's, that's great i don't think that's for everybody I think a lot of architects would balk at the idea. I, I can't even deny that. That's very, very true. So I guess, how do you approach the marketing for BVDS as a practice overall? And did that change in the past year? I'll give that to you, Ewald. Uh, the marketing in BVDS, I think it's, they go hand in hand, this question. It's good to bounce, it, bounce two uh, strategies off each other. Yeah. The, the BVDS or Bradley from the start and, um, aspect of things is very, very involved. It is definitely more comprehensive approach than the two architects. Um, we have a press press platform that we sign up to, so we launch uh, new projects on a, on a regular basis. We have lots of social media going on, 
yeah. on a very regular basis because that's where a lot of our work comes from. I'm sure that accounts for many other practices too. Um, there is also, or there was a lot of, of 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 networking in the past, which is now more and more moved online as 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 we are doing now. There's a form of that as well. Um, <laughs> there is a clear strategy defined for that too, where we are trying to keep all the, the marketing blades spinning. So it, and we involve the team in that too. So it is very kind of spread across the whole team, and it's everybody's putting their thoughts to that, and it does require quite a lot yeah. of time and thinking and creativity. Um, whereas if you compare that to the, to the two architects, then it is a very different messaging. So where our Bird of Understarting Architects is, is set out to be uh, inspiring and being very aspirational um, because it has, we create so, such creative solutions sometimes that they haven't come up with. Whereas yeah. the two architects, we are kind of more taking the educative angle where we are transferring some of that knowledge and experience and creativity onto a very practical problem that people might have. And it's not yeah. necessarily reinventing the wheel. Our voice is more, this is what you can apply in your project and you can take some home and there's more tips and tricks that we share. And the, the involvement on the two architects is very limited. Like George was saying, we dedicated a limited amount of time to this per week. So we yeah. had to kind of go do, down the route of, doing a bit more automation because some some discussions are having it over and over. We kind of try to lock that into a set of quest Q&A, uh, questions and yeah. things that people can read over and over. And it's a very limited um, time involvement on the two architects apart from some social media. Um, just because of that element of repetition is there because we, we've tried to preempt some of the questions that might be asked and, we kind of answering things that people want to see because we have the experience that comes with the renovation project. Well, it's, I mean, it's very structured. It's very organized how we operate. Um, you know, we have, we have marketing within the company and we dedicate time to it as we do with, with everything else. So it's, so it's got its allocated it's, part of time. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're quite an organized outfit as a, as a company and that, that helps us. Um, but also what's been really interesting of the combination between the two is, the two architects, we always call it the TTA if we kind of drop that in, but um, the two <laughs> architects is um, it kind of it's given us another avenue of something that we've sometimes felt that we maybe couldn't do or was conflicting with what we were doing with BVDS. Yeah. And it definitely goes back to um, like about two, three years ago, we were doing a TV show and doing something that um, that was very different to what we were used to doing and to a very different market and in a very different way. Um, and it was less kind of very immediate and very talking yeah. to a wide range of people like uh, you know talking to millions or however many were watching it was very different to talking to a very sort of focused group and in a very premium kind of market that we sit in with Bradley well, Van der Straten. I guess it's um, like you're you're kind of making it all a lot more um practical right and a lot more yeah. kind of focused on those tips and how people can take your knowledge and then apply it themselves yeah. right it's it's that much more kind of grassroots thing isn't it yeah, and being unafraid of, I think what me and you would like is we are quite unafraid of marketing. We don't we don't view it as a necessary evil. We actually enjoy the communication part. And when we did the TV show was, and I'm not, that's not just a shameless plug. It, it links with, it did change our <laughs> minds. It was a turning point for us of actually it's, it's really enjoyable talking to a wider market and actually not being too yeah. precious and kind of thinking, well, we've learned lots of things here and these are things that could be applied to somebody that just wants to 
switch their washing machine to their upstairs. They don't want to appoint an architect to um, to do yeah. designs for the house or to manage a construction site. They just want to tap into those ideas. And a gradual, over a few years, evolution of that has then become the two architects. Of actually, there's a way that we could just say, look, we'll have a meeting with you. We'll have it for one hour. We'll sketch on screen live with you and we'll we'll talk some ideas and you'll come away from that with with something tangible without having committed to an agency and to um, a, a big project. I like it. It's kind of uh, making architects accessible, right? Yeah, we had, I mean, we had a client recently that said it's, it democratizes it, which we thought yeah. was extreme. That was very flattering and very <laughs> grand. We wouldn't have said that about ourselves, but because somebody else said it, it's fine. We can tell you that. <laughs> but no, it's, well, it's lovely though. It, but it's, it's nice because, I, and, and as well, that you can help more people to kind of, you know, have the benefits, especially as we're all in our homes so much more at the moment, yeah. aren't we? So, yes. I think it's extremely satisfying because we be being put on the spot every meeting we have by the hour. We want to give that value back within that time frame. Yeah. It's the we have to be we are always on our A game, but it's even more intense as an arc to to go through in that one hour as a meeting goes. Yeah, it's very it's very satisfying. <laughs> okay, so in terms of are there kind of tips that you would give to kind of I guess. Any other practices looking to do more in terms of their marketing in the coming year or things that really work for you when you were starting out, for example? Um, I'll give that one to you, Ewald. Um, yes, I, can, I certainly can give a few tips. Like what, what we've been um, corporate of, or how do, you, how do I say it, is we've been guilty of doing too much in the past is what I'm trying yeah. to get to. We were, there is a lot of things you can do for, for marketing purposes. There's a lot of social media and you can easily get lost in it. I'm not saying we were lost in it in the past, but I do feel, or we do feel, that we've spread ourselves a bit too thin, losing focus. And um, now with George being the head of marketing, we have actually in a few roles in the company. George is doing marketing, somebody else is doing operations, somebody else is doing uh, finance. Um, being at the helm of that now is it's the focus is coming back and really being bold with what we do and don't do has given us has given us that real push forwards, I think. Um, so that would be a tip. Uh, select what what you do so you can do it well. Obviously, obviously, doing a lot can be useful. You can learn a lot along the way and you can understand, okay, this is working, this is not working, but to a limit, um, whereas focus can help. And that sounds maybe obvious, but at the same time, we, we have to go through that, our, this, that learning curves ourselves too, I would say. And George, do you have any tips? Um and what people could be doing as well um have fun with it i think is is a good one yeah um like you were just saying we we've we've had fun with it and we still do have fun with it but we, we we've been through phases where we kind of tried out everything and kind of unashamedly just let's give it a go and and that's been very rewarding but also quite demanding of time and, and effort and mm. so we're we're now in a sort of next phase of, of focusing it a bit more but it was good to go through the testing as well there's you know there's all these sort of it's easy for us to sort of jump straight ahead to now but um so from a fun perspective did you have any kind of selection criteria was there anything where you thought this is now we're going to refine what we're doing what, what works and what doesn't work no I, th I think with the fun thing I think I mean more like just we should be enjoying our marketing because we should be we should be enjoying what we do which we do yeah. so therefore we enjoy talking about it and we enjoy telling people about it 
But also we've now got the confidence to go, it's okay for us to pick platforms that we think work better for us and platforms that don't. So for example, me and Ewell could talk for England and we could just keep on talking. So about architecture <laughs> and the benefit for homes and, and what you could be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. And so therefore a platform where we can do that is quite good for us. So this podcast, for example, is excellent. Whereas we're not necessarily particularly eloquent or excellent at writing copy. So if we don't have a budget to pay somebody to do that for us, do we want to be spending our time doing something that we maybe don't feel we're that strong at and um, yeah. and takes us that bit more effort or should we just focus on on something else? So it's it's that kind of approach. And we're definitely kind of feeling, I think the number one thing is having good content. So if we put our effort into good content, i.e. having nice designs, having really good photography, all the kind of stuff that yeah. we love and that we're proud of, I don't think anyone's going to go wrong with just with focusing on on that. But I don't think people should push themselves to do marketing that they feel they have to do. Like Twitter, for example. I can't stand Twitter. I tried it out a couple of times. Yep. People advised, like, you should really be on Twitter. And, oh, you'd probably be quite good at Twitter. And I just found that this awful kind of quagmire of get, just getting lost in something that I just did, had no control or understanding of um, and naturally veered away from it. I think you probably would say the same as well, wouldn't you, Ewald? Um. I don't dislike Twitter, but like you were saying, George, I don't really enjoy it either. <laughs> so why are you there? <laughs> I can't always agree on everything. But I'm in the similar vein of, you know, I don't really enjoy it as much either, so I'm not going to dedicate a, a whole lot of, of, of time to it. It is very much, yeah. do, we, we, we pursue what we love doing, and these are that's, that's only a few channels. It can't be everything. Um, so which channels are your favoured ones? So you definitely, I know you do a podcast. What else do you do? Netflix, Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are. Yeah, yeah, it's lockdown time. <laughs> well, Instagram is, is, is the number one avenue yes. for us. For you and, guys. and naturally kind of, it's, it's very visual and you know, what we do is, is very visual, yeah. but really interesting. Like if we go like going back a few years before we were on things like Facebook and on Instagram, we had a client that was in ad or is in advertising. And I remember her saying at one point to me and Ewald saying, you guys should totally be on Facebook. Like what you do is so visual. People will want to see what are you doing? And, mm. and that seemed like a new idea at the time. I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a good idea. Now it's so kind of obvious because <laughs> everybody's doing it, but um, yeah, there's no question that Instagram's, um, Instagram's the kind of key one for us. In it's terms the place of for you. The everyday platform, yeah. But I do, yeah. But you're absolutely right. Focus on what, on the channels that you love. Otherwise, it's just a chore, isn't it? And you won't want to do it. Exactly. Which I think is, is is the huge thing. Yeah, there's also okay. so, there's so much out there that you can lose focus as well again. Mm. Yeah, there's a new one, isn't there? Clubhouse is the new one that's out at the moment. Somebody was recommending that the other day, and I was like, "Is this a work thing, or are they? This is well, something else." <laughs> it's a kind of audio platform, an audio kind of networking platform, but it only yeah. is on Apple at the moment. Um, it's invite only, and yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, it's, it's, it's way better." You have live rooms, and it's a bit like podcasting, and you hear different people with themes. But I'm an Android user; I can't get on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> discrimination from the from the get-go so is just because i don't want to pay apple prices but um <laughs> but yeah there's always new channels and and, and, and new things coming out it's kind of mm. like you say focusing on the ones that actually really matter to you can you tell me a bit about your podcast and how that kind of helps your business and your marketing does it does it who knows yes. um well i mean the podcast was 
Um, well, very much a lockdown project. It probably started around the same time as yours. So I don't know when you started this Yeah, one. I started July. July. Yeah, July. Good. So um, yeah, so you were copying me then because I started in May. Excuse me, I did research in <laughs> <from> February. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, well, so it started around May, but it was very much... Um, I mean, well, me and Neil talked a lot about doing one together. And I think there's a lot of realities that come into play. We've both got, well, both now have two kids each. And um, and lockdown was clearly placing its kind of demands as well of all the other stuff that was going on. But mm-hmm. um, so so ultimately it became a thing that I set up of, um, I don't know, just on a very sort of personal level. It was, you know, the world got very small and, and a lot mm. more isolated all of a sudden. And this is a really, really nice avenue to just have something else and be talking to other people all over the world. So other people with totally different experiences, but the one common thread is its architecture and its homes. Um, but, you know, I'm getting to speak to, you know, I was speaking to somebody that's that's based in Lebanon and I, I, had, a, I had an interview scheduled with them and it was literally the day after the, the explosion that happened and you suddenly have just this weird sort of connection or community connection going around the world of, and and this guy was then still extremely keen to go ahead with, with an interview and talk about architecture because it was hopefully for him, it's a kind of outlet as well of being able to talk about something else. But so again, it's just doing something that's just for fun. There was no pre ambition of listeners or any, or, or income or anything like that. It's purely just for fun, but that fun does, it's just engaging, isn't it? It was something, it does lead to connections and exposure and just, having something for me talking about something that I really love like there's no effort yeah. there it's it's just a it's conversations about stuff that I want to talk about yeah and that's the thing and, and I love about podcasting is the fact that I can write to people and just go hi will you come yeah. on and, then, and it's all genuine it's you know I'm yeah. not forced to do it in any way shape or form it's kind of like actually I like what these guys are doing where I like mm. and it's just different things that and and also I kind of think especially when it comes to marketing people aren't necessarily having the right conversations about marketing and I think it's quite important to kind mm. of showcase the types of things people should be considering and what they should be doing. So that's kind of one of the reasons I set up and started to do it. So, mm. yes. So in terms of marketing for the next few months or the next say, quarter, I guess we're in February now. So what things have you got kind of lined up? What's in your pipeline? Is it more of the same or any particular kind of big milestones or completions coming up? I'll give that one to you, Ewald. Uh, the next few months, um, we definitely want to do more of the same so that we can't kind of let that go quiet. We want to keep building on what's already in motion. Uh, it's a lot easier to keep things in motion than to start up something fresh for starters in terms of effort and time to it required. But then we also want to think a bit more longer term where we want to do different kinds of projects and diversify our portfolio. And that does require a bit more long-term thinking to start building different kinds of contacts and uh, meeting different kinds of people that might get us closer to uh, work that's not necessarily home homes or residential architecture. Not that we want to turn yeah. our back towards architecture, but it's just, it's always good for depth of portfolio. It's, it's again, a different kind of fun we can have um, and, and yeah. a different kind of enjoyment that we want to explore. Uh, but that does require a bit more time. So it's going to be a trial and error process, just like we've kind of, learned and done to get to this point with the residential um, market. We, we feel that we've come to a point where we are mastering some as- aspects, not everything. We're not masters of our marketing necessarily, but um, we yeah. very much feel with the diversification, it does, it is a bit out of our depth again. And that's a good thing. 
um, kind of trying something new and trying out things without having the actual focus just yet because we don't know what that focus needs to be, but we know that we need to do it regularly. But you know. So, yeah. That's fantastic. So you are definitely looking to the longer term and what that's going to be, right? Yeah. Um, so just moving on to um, what's happening at the moment. So are there any kind of standout marketing campaigns or any practices or anything in general that you've really enjoyed, I guess, in the past few months that you thought, oh, that, that, that's an amazing campaign? I'm going to give that one to George as head of marketing. Um, well, yeah, there's one company that stands out when I was thinking about it. It's... Um, it was the first company that I interviewed on the podcast called Wawawa Architects okay. and um, and they're an Australian firm. And I mean, just the name just in itself is, I think is just great marketing. You just hear that name and you think, okay, Wawawa, they must do really cool buildings, but the, their work <laughs> lives up to the, lives up to the name as well. Um, but what I love uh, about them and we kind of follow quite a lot of Australian practices and, and what they're doing generally, because there's, there's, there's so much amazing work, particularly in the residential field coming out of Australia, but also oh, there's, a, there's a, an amazing attitude as well of, of exactly what we were talking about, of, of having fun with marketing. And yep. Wawawa are just a really good example of that. If they have this tagline of life's too short for boring spaces, which I think is just that's great, brilliant. It's a great line. It's just straight away. You're <laughs> yeah. attracting like extremely fun clients that are just willing to have yeah. a go. Um, but also they did this thing during lockdown that was, um, I can't remember what it's called, like something along the lines of, oh, oh baby, if you were mine or something like that. This this, this is the, the line. And basically they were, during lockdown in Melbourne, they were telling people to just write in if they've got a house that they want to feature on this this thing that they were doing, just send in the details of the house. And then one of the yeah. principals of the office would just go outside, stand on the street to the house and always do a little short video. And it was just starting with the line, oh, bloody blah, if you were mine, and then talk about the things that they would do. And it literally like a five minute um, you know, we love this fenestration. That's a lovely idea. And it, yeah. And it's like, you just get featured on the thing of like, um, I just thought it was really, a really oh kind gosh. of fun, nice lockdown thing. That's a brilliant idea. Absolutely brilliant. And Ewald, did you have any inspirational kind of marketing campaigns over lockdown or anything that you thought, yep, yeah, I love that? What I did notice in the, especially the first lockdown is the creative ideas that many practices and many companies came up with to deal with lockdown to be mm. different, to step outside their own comfort zone. I found that really inspiring of, hmm, maybe I wouldn't mind giving some of that a go, and which then led some of that thinking led to the two architects, for example, and some of that yeah. thinking led, has led to some of the things that we're doing with the Project and Start and Architects. I'm thinking more like being more transparent with what we do, um, trying out some new technologies and just showing yeah. to whatever was happening online, specifically social media, how, how things would work and how things could work. Um, and then you see sometimes even clients popping up in certain videos. I think that's all very, very new stuff versus where we where, where architecture was before COVID or before the pandemic. And I think it's, it's forced people to go online and, and actually start using it properly. Because I think we're behind in, in, in some ways, the way that we embrace digital and things like that. I think actually it's like, Actually, there's a whole world out there that we can tap into. And I wonder, actually, when we do come out, how much of this will stay? Yeah. Any opinions on that? I think we'll go back a bit towards the pre pre pandemic times yeah. as well. But I think some something will some things will stay and some things will go. And I think it will be just more go fifty fifty or more balanced. Yeah. Just like wanted to work from home a bit more during the week and 
doing a bit more Zoom meetings, but I can't see myself doing all, all the time Zoom meetings like we are today <laughs> and then deliver all of our service on that as we are currently forced to do so. No, but yeah. I think it does seem to if time, for example, is very practical. There are things that will stay for sure. In, uh, video conferencing being one big one, I think, for sure, and then being able to work from home and what everything comes with it. Absolutely. There's definitely a positive impact, though, of that the Zoom thing. If we're, when we're having meetings with clients, like in terms of coming out of this, like not being 100% on Zoom, let's hope not, because being in person yeah. and all the things you pick up. But what we're getting from meetings at the moment, me and he would have, you know, we've invested in these tablets where we can draw on screen and things, and, and they're working amazing for the two architects. But just yeah. generally going forwards, it's definitely see it becoming a bit more of a combination of you going to meet somebody in person, being in their house, having a coffee, talking with them. But then little follow-up bits, rather than this great pressure being it has to be the next time we come to the house and it's this and it's that, just the little snippets in between of actually just sharing a screen with them and drawing live there and then it's extremely engaging it's it's in many ways better than the in-person for for, mm. for many things that's what we've yeah. definitely learned this last year yeah. i think it's i mean for me i think it is going to be that hybrid i think that goes yeah. for marketing and how businesses work and i think you're right you'll be getting the best of both worlds and i think you know events and stuff i kind of think actually some of this interactive stuff or you know live streaming it and stuff that's stuff we haven't done but we should have done you know, for something. Well, we, you know what I mean? Because it's actually yes. that content's usable from, you know, f- forever. And I think that's the that's the kind of stuff that we've kind of missed out on and not and always just kind of thought in person's the only way. So well, I, I was talking balance. to a teacher the other day and he was saying about um, parents' evening now going being in these video sessions. And the teacher was just like, this is how we should always be doing it. It's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to see you. <laughs> I'm like, no. Okay, so on to my final, final question. So if there's one tip you can give to a fellow architectural practice or other firm in the built environment um, about marketing and what they could or should be doing now, what would that be? Who wants to go first? I can go first. Go on, Ewald. Um I think daring to take a bit of risk, uh, especially in times of crisis, which is also the title of this um, <laughs> podcast episode. I think because you've got less, less to lose, you're being forced to think outside your own box. This is also the time to, do, to be able to take risk and go for something that you didn't dare to do before because times are so different at the moment. People aren't going to frown upon something new these days and... I think that could be hugely beneficial for, for on, on a personal level, but also on a business level, I think, from, from yeah. both sides. Does, okay. that, does that count as a tip? That does count as a tip. Take risks. It's a good tip. Definitely. And on to you, George. Uh, I mean, I'd echo that as the number one, but um, also just a really practical one to invest in good photography. I mean, if you're not investing in good photography now, then you should be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's because it's, you know, if everything's online, you've got it. That's the way you're going to see stuff. You know, the idea is people see your buildings, but if they can't. They can't see them as good as they actually are in person. Mm. It's, yeah, that's definitely, yeah. Okay. Thank you both so much for coming on the show. It's really appreciated. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Been fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Marketing in Times of Crisis. If you liked what you heard, please do leave us a review as it helps us to spread the word and for more people to get to hear about us. If you want to know more about things mentioned in the episode, do look at the show notes, which will give you more information about where to find us 
and also about our show website. In the meantime, I hope you enjoyed it and have a great day. Bye.